5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Gabriel looks right, looks middle, throws middle. It is caught. Nick six. Touchdown, Nick Anderson. Sawchuck back in the game on second and ten. DG to throw. Looking right, looking right. Rolling left. Throws late. End zone. He's got Gibson. Got it. Touchdown. I don't know if it's Stutzman moving back and forth between Mike and Will or what. Picked off. Intercepted. Billy Bowman. He's going down the sidelines. Billy Bowman to the 40, to the 30. He's running out of gas. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Unhitched all the way. Coast to coast. Billy Bowman took it the distance. Arnold has it. Handoff Sanchuk over the left side. First down, breaks free. He's to the 10. Stiff arm, still on his feet to the 5. Touchdown. Gavin Sanchuk just kept going. Touchdown. Final Big 12 road game ever. And Oklahoma wins it. They pick up their first win over BYU. Final score today here in Provo. Sooners 31, Cougars 24. Victory! Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. Billy, 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 Bowman, I'm catching in the ears. that touchdown. Touchdown, touchdown, Oklahoma. Pick six, 99 yardas. Billy Bowman. And they stay there. And they stay there. Oh man, what a call. Awesome play. Top three, top two, number one play of the season. I don't know. It's only happened, I think, three times in school history a 100 yard interception return, right? So, um, and that one is essentially ends up winning the football game for you. Yep. Awesome stuff. And you asked last hour is Bowman coming back next year oh man I wish you wouldn't have asked me that I thought I've you know I've, I've pondered that previously I usually just skip on to something else because I don't want the thought <laughs> of not having him in our secondary but same same and he it's one of those things where you know he plays a position that's maybe not necessarily thought of as premium unless you're uh, just a, you know, a genetic freak, an outlier with all of the height and weight and everything, and he's not. Um, now he's incredibly athletic. We all know that, but size and and all of those things, I, I I don't know how high of a draft pick he'll be, and I don't know that he'll improve on it if he comes back a year after the season he's had. But my goodness, we could use him. Well, uh, maybe people will be uh, rolling into the stadium a little bit early on Friday, hoping to not see 
Billy Bowman going through senior day. Yeah. Huh? Which, let me ask you about that. What do you expect of the environment for an 11 a.m. Friday, Black Friday day after Thanksgiving? I think it's going to, I don't know what the expectation is, but I think we're even going to be a little bit surprised with how packed it is and how, like, the energy's in there. And I say that because I was really worried about the turnout and the environment after two consecutive losses when they played West Virginia. And that home crowd was was awesome, man. And I know that that was a night game, a lot easier for people to get to. But the environment for that game was was really, really good. A team that's 9-2, and two, got a chance to win 10 games. Senior day, like Drake Stoops' last home game, I think there's a mm. lot of incentive to send him out the right way. Dylan Gabriel, show him an appreciation. I, I, I think it's still going to be a really good atmosphere on Friday. And you know what? I hope it is because Drake Stoops deserves to hear the Stoops from the home crowd uh, yeah. one more time. Man. Oh, I still believe we're going to miss Drake Stoops maybe well, yeah. as much or more than anyone. I think they're all of us Dang. do. Yeah, he's been incredible. And I thought the way the game started that he was going to be off to another huge game. But, you know, when, when DG went down there before half and it just kind of kind of took the wind out of the sail for the for a big day for him. I don't. Did he even have a catch in the second half? Ooh, I don't think that he did. No, I don't think that he did. Ended up four catches for 63 yards. Who Did anyone but Jalil Farouk have a catch in the second half? I don't know. I'll go look at the Were both of those play. third downs to Farouk for the, for the first well, down? There was five. Jackson Arnold ended up being five for nine. So we know that Farouk caught two. Who would have caught the other three? I don't know. We can go back and look at that yeah. as we uh, evaluate his day uh, here in just a couple of minutes. But 240 from the state of Maryland says, don't worry about the environment on Friday, guys. I'll be there from Maryland, and we will bring it. Booma. There you uh, go. 214, it'll be packed, and it'll be amped. 316, first home game I'll miss in 10 years as a UPS driver doesn't work well for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's – it's not just an across the board that everyone's off on Friday after Thanksgiving. You know, there's a lot of people that still have to work. But, you know, I guess a lot of people still have to work on a regular Saturday as well. So, yeah, hopefully it's a, a, a really good crowd. Weather looks like it's going to be another really good weather game. Yeah. Should be sunny, 50, high in the in the 50s. So. And Saturday wasn't, all things considered, what we thought it was going to be at one point. Yeah, Saturday wasn't nice. bad at all. I mean, the heaviest rain was at halftime, which you will take, and – I um, If the two options, and you say that they were, for the game in Provo, was 10 a.m. local or 8.30 at night, I'm so glad it was in the morning, man, because the experience would have been cool for a night game, but, man, not the same uh, for a night game, not being able to see the mountains and the scenery while the yeah. football game was going on. That, that, made, it, that made it special. And, and I mean this in the best way possible. Um, it's not like a Baton Rouge at night, you know. It's, I mean, I'm sure it's a great atmosphere. Which they're 17 and two in their last 19 home games, so it's got to be a good atmosphere. But you want to see a day um, game there is what you want to see in Provo. Yeah, if you've never been yep. there before. That's right. That's exactly right. Where does that uh, Where does that road trip rank for you? 
Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly where it is for me, but it's it's at the top somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I it was it was an easy trip out. Accommodations were nice. Um, dinner the night before was good. I mean, I I didn't really get any game day atmosphere other than what I could see from the booth because, you know, we were on air at 6 a.m. local time. So, you know what I'm saying? It was still... It, it was, was a still... pretty lively environment outside the stadium. They had a big grassy area for kids that could go do, you know, go out, Whatever. catch a pass, like could, could, could go do some fun things, you know. Um, and then right, like, th- their setup's great, man, because they've got a giant parking lot like Kansas State has, if you've yeah. ever been there before, which is really cool, and makes for where all of your game day activities can be right outside the stadium. So right outside the stadium, they had a, a concert essentially going on, all these food vendors lined up for, you know, not a normal game day environment with, <laughs> without bars and alcohol. It was – it was pretty lively at 9 a.m. local time there. It was it was cool, man. Like it, yeah. it ranks it ranks high up there, and I love the like the ability to see two new places. Never been to Salt Lake before. You got to see that, and then of course Provo on its own is just incredible. But you almost felt like you got to see uh, most of the state of Utah uh, during that trip. Yeah, yeah, and I guess they had some of the high school state championship football games going on in utah stadium on uh friday night as well so that was that was kind of cool there was a utah jazz game jazz and the suns believe were playing uh downtown so yeah it was all around i would i'd rank it high but it's so it's the most unique trip you've ever probably ever taken you know because of just the laws in utah um just kind of the different things there the the scenery I, there's some road trips that are somewhat comparable, like um, maybe maybe LSU can be similar to Tennessee because the stadiums are so massive, it's so loud. BYU's just kind of in a category all on its own. Yeah. Well, and the thing, and kind of like for me, I'm I'm it's it's a bad question for me because I get pretty much zero on game day. Um, it has to be a night game for me to get any type of feeling what it's like around the stadium on game day like i said you know i was i walked in that stadium at 5 45 in the morning it wasn't exactly uh you know a party scene outside how was that so, sunrise over the mountains though i bet that was cool you know what was cool about it and toby and i you know got to experience it at the same time i had no idea i where the mountains were going to be and whenever i finally whenever they finally came out of the darkness it was about three times as high as i thought they were going to you're be. like whoa it kind of scared you at first when you saw him like i didn't expect yeah. him to be that close Dang, okay. I, toby and i were both like kind of looking over the level of the stadium to see the mountains in the background and it was like oh wait a second it's almost out of the, uh, like the window. Like we almost have to lean yeah. forward to see the top of. It's them. so it's, close. If, uh, if if OU fans were lined up on that side of the stadium throwing footballs out after the other team scored, they could they could hit the they could throw the football over them mountains like Uncle yes. Rico could basically. Yes. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. 405 pretty cool. says, if you see me crying on Friday when they say Drake's name for senior day, no, you didn't. Yeah. Uh, you won't be the only one. I know it. I know mm. it, man. It's like it's uh, – Bob will be down there on the field. It's like we, we got to extend Coach Stoops's Feels like tenure that. at Oklahoma for – Five years or six, I don't know. Is Drake been? Did he get? Did he come back for his sixth or? Is yes. It just his yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, if it, it feels like we got to extend Coach Stoops being here, and obviously everyone knows him. He's been around the program forever. Uh, Drake has. So, yep. End of an era. Feels like Adam from ATX. Who I met him this weekend. Good guy. Just wait for Oxford, Mississippi. Y'all are gonna love it. Awesome people. Lots of tradition. Uh, Jay and Ellick was out there this weekend. He says, never seen a fan base as gracious to only lose by seven. Weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hope you had a great time. Hope you have a great time in Provo. Welcome to Provo. People stopping us left and right. Yeah. And apparently some BYU fan bought a bunch of cougar tails and was passing them out to OU fans before the game. How about that? Mm-hmm. They were uh, they were excited to see OU fans in their stadium, and I think bummed to say, I oh, wish we could play those guys more. I know it. I know it. It's crazy. Did you see that Dylan Gabriel tied uh, yeah. JT tied Barrett? Detmer? Um, well, he tied JT Barrett for touchdown passes of all time, correct? Well, it's also uh, tied Detmer. Okay, yeah. Which, you know, how crazy is that? You know, he probably would have passed him there uh, in that stadium. I mean, that's just wild to think how that played out, but pretty cool. Pretty, yeah, pretty just cool. overall. JT, JT Barrett really had that many? He played at Ohio State for a long time. And, God, he threw like five against OU in 2016. Remember that? Yeah, you know what? I'm, of course you I'm don't thinking remember that. of – no, I do. I was thinking of Justin Fields for whatever reason. Um, I was like, God, he didn't – he only started like one or two years it felt like. But, yeah, JT Barrett played forever. What was uh, – what's the big takeaway from Jackson Arnold's second-half performance? Not a lot there, but – Enough to formulate an opinion. I take away that he he's going to be a really good quarterback. I mean, got to see plenty of athleticism in the quarterback run game. I feel like we kept calling quarterback power to take the like the ball handling aspect of the run game and the RPO game just totally out of his hands. And it finally worked. They finally got that package to work. All they had to do is put him in as the starter. Huh? What's funny is we ran quarterback power like four or five times in a row and then we run it and hand it off and we almost bobble the exchange and and drop the exchange i don't know if you saw that so it was like no wonder they kept calling quarterback power but yeah i i there's no change in my opinion on jackson arnold after the game i think he is going to be excellent uh drew from flower mound says what's gentry williams status we need him against the wide receivers of tcu brent said the day that he practiced yesterday but yeah. I feel like we've had reasons to be optimistic about Gentry in the past. But they, um, you needed Gentry on Saturday with how much the corners had to tackle. That's for sure. Yep, 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 yep. And you know it's going to be going to be a little bit different game against TCU. Now you opened up some, uh, you opened up Pandora's box, uh, so to speak, with some of the zone read stuff that you saw against BYU. I'm sure TCU is going to test you on it, but. You you got you got much better skill position players um, with TCU than you had in BYU. 
Um, you know, they've got some dangerous defensive players that, that can give you trouble. I know they're, they've had a down season and, and had plenty of issues along the way, but um, it, it's still a team that you turn the football over and you play as bad as we did at backer, you find yourself in the football game late and uh, have to find a way to win it. One more. Is Dylan Gabriel going to play on Friday? That's from the 918. Well, here's what uh, Brent said today. Really excited about where we're at. Again, I'll just give you a quick update um, with Dylan and Jalil. Uh, I feel like both those guys will, if they continue to progress throughout the week, that they'll be available uh, this weekend. Kind of feels, I mean, does it kind of? Sounds like he is optimistic. He'll play yeah. on Friday. Yep. Now, I haven't had a chance yet to go over it much or see the Hoover kid that they've been playing at quarterback at TCU. I know he had a big day against Baylor through through for 400. He was 24 of 29 for 412, two touchdowns, and ran for a touchdown as well uh, against Baylor. It was a nice day. I think Baylor's kind of thrown in the towel by now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's playing well. But, boy, Baylor's. Baylor's ready for the season to be over with. It's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. How many mm-hmm. they've lost? They're three and eight. Jeez, they've lost one, two, three, four, four in a row. Did not expect that. Did not expect that. They've lost. They've lost most of their players there, man. And they're I don't an, know. They're Curious an eight and a half. They they're they're at home against West Virginia, and they're in a, they're an eight and a half point underdog on their home field. Oof. <laughs> Well, someone's doing them a favor. They ain't going to cover eight and a half against West Virginia. Unless I'm missing something. That sounds like Shapin's going to be out too. So, not that that matters at this point with how they're playing, but man. Yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left here in the final hour at Newcastle Casino. Stay with us. This is the ref. Take a walk on the wild side with Brahms' new spicy pimento bacon cheeseburger. This bacon cheeseburger adds southern flair to a classic. Featuring Brahms' pimento cheese piled high on a juicy hamburger patty with jalapenos and crispy hickory smoked bacon. Throw in a slice of American cheese to melt everything together for dreamy, cheesy goodness in every bite. Stop wasting time and go get Brahms' new spicy pimento bacon cheeseburger. Nothing's better than Brahms'. Win the most three times a week during Apache Casino Hotel slot tournament days. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Rewards members receive one free session in our slot tournament. Want another round in the tournament? Earn 200 slot points daily each tournament day to play in. Shop with polos, game day overalls, dress shirts, sweaters, and layering pieces for chilly days. When it comes to hats, Balfour has you covered. You will also find tailgating supplies, home and kitchen items, automotive and golf accessories, and even something for your dog. Locally owned and on historic campus corner for more than 45 years, Jerry and Libby wish you the best for the holiday season and invite you to stop in for all of your OU gear. Or you can shop online at crimsonproud.com. Balfour of Norman, where you will find everything sooner. So when I found out he was going in, I was just went over there to support him and tell him like, "You got your battle. You've been ready for this. You know what I'm saying? You've been practicing hard. He takes all his two reps like he's a one. 
So we had no worries about that at all. And I think he played great, you know what I'm saying? He came in and delivered and got us the victory, and that's all that matters. And he gonna continue to get way, way better than he already is. And he's a great player, so I think that it was just really a good teaching moment for him. You know what I'm saying? To um, help him mature and just to understand the game more and see what he needs to get better at. And that's what I think. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing like getting in the game to help you see what you need to get better at and become a better player. Jaden Gibson on Jackson Arnold. We call him JFA around here. That was uh, Jaden Gibson on Saturday after the game. Jaden Gibson with a nice touchdown catch in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Snuck that, that foot nice. in, and he's in. Touchdown. Really nice leading and receiver. Great, that was a great play by Dylan Gabriel, too. Really nice throw. So when was it? When did you guys find out that he wasn't playing in the second half? Because uh, I – I, I, I didn't even think about, after that hit that he took on second down, I didn't even think about him being hurt or that yeah. he'd be out. He came to the sideline after that, and Gabe noticed it and mentioned it on the broadcast that, hey, guys, just a heads up, Dylan Gabriel's over here on the sideline, and he's surrounded by all of the medical staff. Um, and he said it kind of looks like they're maybe evaluating him for what could be a, a – shot to the head or, or neck or something and that was right before they went in and during halftime it sounded like we got some word back that it was going to be Jackson Arnold for the second half so as soon as we got out of our uh, our halftime show and threw it downstairs to Plank and Gabe they kind of brought us up to speed that it's going to be Jackson Arnold Wow. Yeah. So I'd was... say pretty quick. Like pretty quick after they went in for halftime, it became pretty apparent right away that it was going to be Jackson Arnold. It already felt like it was 17 17 at half. They just made a field goal right before halftime, which, God, he gave up some third and longs on that drive. Infuriating. Mm -hmm. But they were getting the ball coming out of halftime. Like, it already didn't feel good. Without that news, but we get to the third quarter, and there's Jackson Arnold. It's like, oh, boy, now they're really up against it. Yeah, what was the thought? Like, did you guys even know in the stands? Did you even have an idea? I got that a text that said from someone watching the game at home, all right, get ready for Jackson Arnold. And I thought, what? what's what's he talking what, yeah. What's going on? I, I don't – okay, whatever. Um, and then he trots out on the field. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Then started yeah. getting worried about a concussion. I'm trying to think back. Well, he got tackled on that second down play. They settled for a field goal. That had to be it, but that didn't look anything bad. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you just never know how you how they go down and 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 you know what the what the shot does. But yeah, yeah. It it was not what you wanted to hear with the way that the football game was going. Accurate. Well, I know we did our under the radar segment last hour, yeah. but <laughs> here's something that is rather under the radar. We're not complaining about officiating in this game. Now, you went back and looked at uh, the, the, uh, the uh, Nick, Nick Anderson, Anderson penalty. And you, you, you didn't think it was a penalty after no. seeing it again? No, it's not a penalty. Yeah. No, it's, it's a terrible call. But if that's the only bad call of the game, then I'd, I'd say it was worked out well for OU. Heck, there was even a point in the game where a pass interference call was called on BYU, then a holding call on Drake Stoops was called right after. And I'm yelling out, get that bat judge a cougar tail. Get him some free <laughs> ice cream or something. He's my favorite official in the league. Man, 
They had like three penalties called on BYU in the same drive. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I really looking back. I don't remember it being much of a factor. I, like that that call was at the time, and it was hard for me. I never got to see a second look at something. It was so stupid. I hate whenever like the often the the monitor that we have to watch the game and to watch replays and stuff in the booth is off of the like the television broadcast and you just never know what you're going to get sometimes there's like a uh, a 10 second delay and in this game there was like a minute and a half delay yeah so the the monitor was no good like you're three or four plays down the road before that other play that you wanted to see or needed to see shows up. So stupid. Another uh, call that the text line does not love, 972 doesn't like it, Drew from Flower Mound. And this felt like a big call in the, in, in the moment. Some don't like the Stogner penalty when Jackson Arnold rushes for the first down. Maybe that was on a third down. I can't remember which yeah, down What was it, was. it, like a block in the back or yes. something? yep. If I remember, yeah, that was a, a horrible call as well. But. BYU fans were not happy on the no call by Woody Washington. You remember that play? Yeah. I do. It was was that the one that was on our sideline? Well, I mean, did, was OU on the sideline closest to the press box? Yes. That's then. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a good no call, but. I think it was one of those where I've been conditioned over the last couple of years <laughs> oh, yeah. to expect that that was going to be called, and uh, it wasn't. And I was like, oh, boy, maybe we got away with one there. What's crazy is, like, uh, Retzloff, it was a, a miracle that he even got the ball out of his hand. He was, like, throwing it. Oh, Dude, it was he like was a throwing Brock for some Purdy crazy. He was throwing for, yeah. some, for some arm angles, wasn't he? A couple of those yeah, throws, it, like, dang, dude, okay, I haven't seen this from you all year long, but all right. It was a total prayer, and I think it was one of those where the official's like, I'm not bailing you out on that throw with a pass interference call. Because it was like almost like backwards over his head to even get the ball out. Reno Goat and Lane in California both uh, texted in something that was funny. They had the double pass, which I thought at the time, ooh, that's big. Oh, that's a big call right there. That that may knock him out of field goal range. Er, they still hit the field goal. Um, but yeah, the that ex- was a bomb. Yeah. I, how deep? I don't – what, was it close to a 50-yarder? I think it was – was it 49? I, I'll go back and look. Whatever it was, and, it was deep. Oh, and it had at least 10 yards on it but of, uh, the, of good. The funny part was the <laughs> – Referee trying to explain what the what the ruling was. He looked like a uh, yeah. looked like a, a kid up in front of the entire school or something. He, he sounded rather nervous. There's a lot to yeah, go through. Well, it, there was a lot to explain there, and we were trying to figure out on the broadcast why is he going over to talk to Coach Venables. Of, I mean, there wasn't a wasn't a penalty flag. What's going on? And there was a clock situation that Venables would have had a, an opportunity to. What take a ten second runoff, I think, or something there. So, yeah, that that was a that was a big ordeal. Uh, let me get to uh, early early look at Friday here. I'm really having to train myself today to say Friday instead of Saturday. Point spreads for uh, this coming uh, weekend: OU minus ten and a half at home against TCU. 
Texas minus 12 and a half at home Friday night against Tech. Need mm -hmm. that one. Uh, really don't care about Houston or UCF. Oklahoma State minus 17 and a half, 230 on Saturday against BYU at home. And then K-State minus nine and a half at home against Iowa State on Saturday night, 7 p.m. So uh, Some big is, lines. Is anyone losing? Texas or Oklahoma State losing? Um, or who has a better chance? Let's start there. I I don't know. Oh, I, Oklahoma State is like the most inconsistent. I feel like um, they play some bad football in the first half against Houston. Yeah, it looked like for a decent part of that game that they were going to get run out of the stadium, but obviously end up coming back and getting the win. Um, it's hard to it's hard to imagine Kansas getting the dub on the road. Um, I don't know. Or uh, sorry, uh, Iowa State. It's Iowa State is it's in Manhattan, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to imagine uh, Iowa State getting the win on the road. Um, best chance, Tech. Texas. Beat Texas. Well, I I don't know if Texas. Hmm. It, between between Oklahoma State and Texas, um, I think Tech's a much better team than, than BYU, even though BYU yes. actually beat them a few weeks ago. But right now, like they got their quarterback back. Tech's the better team. I'll, I'll say Tech has a better chance to win, but I don't feel good and about either of them. They won three straight. Um, they beat TCU, they beat Kansas, and they, they just beat UCF, um, even though it was a 24-23 football game. They're going on the road. I – I don't give them a great chance, but I mean, I, I think it's I think it's better than the others. I feel like BYU kind of they played they played their best game that they could given what they've they've got going for them right now, and yeah, you feel like what you saw from Retzloff is is going to really change the way Oklahoma State plays them perhaps and, and takes that angle of the game away or at least the surprise of that that type of performance away from them now they played it <laughs> BYU played a for the most part a totally different defense and defensive front than they've played most of the season yeah right, they've, they've done that a, a little bit but they lived in it for most of the game Saturday and you know that that gave us some trouble and took us a while to adapt and change our run game that's why we came alive in the second half, but I mean, you're you kind of take that surprise card that you could have played against Oklahoma State away too. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I got to go with Tech, and I don't feel good about it. Scary Gary says, "What happens if Tech beats Texas for us?" Well, first, Scary Gary. Apparently, there's 128 possible outcomes from this weekend, um, according to the Big 12. Oklahoma. I'm, I'm going to read what the Big 12 put out last night. Oklahoma remains in contention with either a win or a loss against TCU. So surprisingly, regardless of what happens Friday morning, OU will still have a chance to make the Big 12 championship game. Look at the Big 12. That's nice of them to consider the possibility of two sinkholes simultaneously yeah. uh, destroying Oklahoma State and Texas's football teams, and we can make it in. Texas will clinch a... Texas will clinch both a berth in the championship game and the number one seed with the win over Texas Tech. Um, right. If Texas wins and clinches a berth on Friday, 
the following scenarios apply to Big 12 matchups on Saturday, okay? So this is if Texas wins. If OSU also beats BYU, Oklahoma State's in. If Oklahoma defeats TCU on Friday and that win is followed by a Texas win and an Oklahoma State loss, it's OU and Texas. If Kansas State defeats Iowa State on Saturday, following a Texas win and a loss by Oklahoma and a loss by Oklahoma State, then it's K-State and Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Those are the easy scenarios to get to. Is the easiest scenario for us is just Oklahoma State loses? Yes, then it's OU and Texas. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And there's some other possibilities, but it gets weirder and weirder as it goes on. Um, so, are we I, are we giving BYU everything we have uh, on Oklahoma State? Is that how that's going down right now? Oh, are you? Yes. I, I think the coaching staff is still there, actually. That was just a hologram yep. of Brent Venables at the press conference today. <laughs> Not really him. And great point by Mike on Twitter. Your mark will be in Austin. So, of course, Tech has the better chance to win. But yeah. I think your mark was in uh, Ames on Saturday, and it didn't work out. Dadgummit. Yeah. Well, I thought for a little bit, like, some of the calls, I was like, okay. I've never seen a um, a uh, intentional grounding like they called against yours. I mean, I think it was the right call, but it's kind of interesting uh, at least. But, yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Hi, everyone. Dylan Gabriel here asking for your support. There are a lot of kids who would love to join a team and play the sport they love, but circumstances get in the way, and they never get the chance so many of us had growing up. That's where Fields and Futures steps in. With your support, more kids can join a team at no cost, supported with the resources. Ready to turn heads on the road? Look no further than Metro Ford of OKC. We've got a wide range of custom trucks to suit your style and needs. Tennessee, Roush, Rocky Ridge, Shelby, we have them all. Experience the thrill of the open road in a truck that's as unique as you are. Visit us at Metro Ford of OKC today or online and drive home in your dream custom truck. Shop where the difference is real at MetroFordofOKC.com. We, we, we did a poor job at stopping the run. Uh, and it's really um, something to be, oh, the D-line got whooped. That didn't happen. Actually, it didn't happen. That's not true. Uh, Kansas, maybe. Uh, this week, just the linebackers not being where they're supposed to be. Revitables at his press conference today. No, not on Tuesday. It's on Monday because of the Friday game. They're operating like today is Tuesday. He even said as much. So, yeah, the Friday games is confusing. But I guess yesterday was their Monday. Today's their Tuesday. That's how they're operating, going about things today. Yeah. Yep. Which, you know, that's that's kind of the blessing with the early kick is – you're able to get back at a decent time on Saturday, and, and you could turn Sunday into somewhat of a work day. Um, tough with the short schedule, and I'm sure they'll do like a team Thanksgiving dinner on Wednesday night or something like that, and and be able to do something with their their Thanksgiving. But it's unique. I 
as far as is this a first for us as far as a Friday game on after Thanksgiving? Well, they used to play Nebraska on Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right. But that's right. since the they formed the Big Twelve, Big Twelve, yeah, they played at Iowa State. Was that on a Thursday or a Friday? Thursday. That was on a Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Trying to think, think of it, so. oh, like a Friday home. This is the non. This is the first non Saturday home game that I can remember. I mean, in my again since since the Big Twelve was formed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll let you know what I think of it as we stand right now. I think I it's going to be awesome. It. Yeah, I yes. mean, Michigan Ohio State Saturday at eleven a.m. I. Yeah, I'm clear to watch that game and all the rest of the games for the rest of the day. Yes, please. And, okay, so is it the Texas game is the night game, right? What's after ours? Um, so, like, Arkansas and Missouri, which you actually want to watch that game because if you win and Missouri loses, that puts you at a better chance to make a New Year's Six game. Okay. Uh, let me. I'll go down the whole list here. I think Nebraska and Iowa play at 11 a.m. as well. Yeah, two thirty. You're looking at uh, Missouri at Arkansas. That's at three, and then Air Force and Boise's at three, and then we're talking about Tech at Texas in the night in the nightcap, yeah. along you, with the uh, the yeah. the Civil War, Oregon State at Oregon. Can't call it that anymore, but that's that's what it is. Yeah, and I guess what uh, UTSA and Tulane is two thirty as well on ABC. That's actually a good game. Two good football teams there. And, and, then, and maybe your uh, maybe your bowl opponents potentially if you make right. a New Year Six, so you could play Tulane in like the the Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl. Where, where did I find there, there's so many bowl projections right now for OU? On three has the Peach Bowl versus Tulane. ESPN has Arizona in the Alamo. McMurphy has Arizona in the Alamo, and I think Fox has Alabama in the Cotton. Yeah. I'd like to play Alabama in the conference. Uh, out of those scenarios, yeah, of course you would. You're not going to get much credit for beating Tulane, and you won't get much credit for beating a good Arizona team in the Alamo Bowl. Alabama, yeah. you will get credit. Do you want that Alabama team right now, though? They if it's in the if good. it's in the Cotton Bowl, yes, I'll I'll take it, please. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, that may be a – I don't know what Alabama's opt-out situation would be. I'm guessing it would be pretty low. But ours would probably be zero, right? With the Well, I mean, I, I guess you, someone would. But you would think most of our guys would think the opportunity to play Alabama in the Cotton Bowl is something we're sticking around for. Which, you know, Guyton, um, fascinating quote by Brent today on that situation asking why what Jake Sexton started and played there on Saturday, and, it, and yeah. he said, well, I mean, Guyton was available. We've just liked what Jake Sexton's been doing recently. Yeah, and I, like, I don't know. Okay, all right. Did we – did they ever – was his – did he get di- – was it a diagnosed concussion, or did we ever hear what he missed time with? Um, or we just assume that's what it was? I think I we just know. assumed what it was. I mean, I don't think that they come out and say concussion, even if that yeah. was it. I mean, they didn't say that for Gabriel on Saturday. Yeah. Well, Sexton's playing good, man. He, now, he makes mistakes as a young player like you would expect, but 
he comes off the ball hard. He plays hard. He plays with a with an edge, with an attitude. Um, we're in good hands with the young Caden Green and, and Sexton yeah, at you, offensive the, line. The young O linemen are. Uh, I think Josh Bates is going to end up being a really good player. Like, there's there's that that young O line group's pretty good. Yep. And if they and can then, get bricks in this recruiting class, that that help as well. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure Sexton will move to left tackle um, after this season. Whenever Rouse is gone, I think that's his more natural spot. That's what he was playing when he got hurt last year, right? Yeah, he think, playing left. I, th- I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I expect, but. Uh, yeah, it's good that you have a, a youngster come in and play the way he has the last couple of weeks whenever you're missing a player like Guyton. And, you know, uh, hopefully, you, you know, and I'll be honest about Guyton. We, we talked a lot leading into the season with what the ceiling is for him because of the measurables, the size, the athleticism. You know, we, we talked about how raw he still is, hadn't played a whole lot of tackle, but, you know, the hope was that by the end of this season he was going to be playing like a, a first-round tackle. And I don't think we've seen that from him this year. Now, he's got first-round measurables, so it really – I don't know that it's going to matter with him. But he he never hit that stride to where game in, game out, you looked at what he was doing and said, this kid plays like a first-round talent week in and week out. Just ha- We never yeah. saw that consistency. So uh, fair. Uh, by the way, duh, they played Houston on a Sunday to start the 2019 season. So that was a non-Saturday home game. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't a weekday. Okay, I think that's what we were talking <laughs> about. All right, quick timeout. I was thinking More. Friday for sure. Yeah, more from the rush coming up. We will wrap things up next here from Newcastle Casino. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course. Riverwing Casino and Hotel bringing you the final segment, uh, really final hour of the day here on the Reaction Monday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, not a whole lot of scuttlebutt out there right now with the Texas A&M job, but their athletic director, Ross Bjork, I guess just said this on a radio show, quote, oh boy, this is not an eight and four job. You win the national championship, you'll get paid like a national championship coach. I guess he's saying that Jimbo's successor can expect an incentive-laden deal. Yeah. Well, This is not an 8-4 job. Uh, hey, bud, history says it is. Yeah. Hopefully, and I think it's, it's very doubtful, but hopefully they learned their lesson from the horrible contract that they signed Jimbo Fisher to. Um, you know, the problem is, depending on who, who it is, I, they're going to say, well, you know, we saw what you paid the last guy and you don't expect us to do it for less than you paid him, do you, considering the results that, that he put out there? So, you know, that's that's kind of one of the problems with, you know, accelerating those those contracts and the amount of money that goes into them is 
Like you, you're kind of, you're always tied to going up from that point on. Yeah. You know, and Oklahoma's done a really good job, and frankly, been pretty lucky with what they've been able to pay their head coach over the last handful of years, because um, the going rate is skyrocketing. Well, maybe they'll hire a national championship head coach and pay him like one, someone that's already won a national championship. Urban Meyer, come on down, College Station. I don't know. I still believe that they had to have had a really good idea with who they were going to hire and maybe even had a handshake deal before this this thing went down. And I thought it was going to be Lincoln Riley, but I got to tell you, I – I don't know if you could if you can hire Lincoln Riley right now. That's how much yeah. his his value has dropped in the last two weeks. It's well, I, massively. I mean, yeah, I mean, even definitely over the course of the past month, but even the the past two weeks for sure, man. It's 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 insane. It is nobody's stock in college football has dropped quite like his. Yeah. Uh, over this season, it's incredible, and he's a year away, man. Like he's. Better be careful. You open up with LSU, you play Michigan your third game of the year, that Big Ten schedule without Caleb Williams. Like, the thought is already starting to turn on him. What might it be in a year's time after a tough year in the Big Ten, which could absolutely be the case for those guys? Yeah, I know it. I totally agree with you. Hmm. This this coaching carousel and this year's transfer portal – is going to be absolute chaos, uh, I fear. We'll see. All right, you guys killed it on the text line. As always, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. You know what time it is. Ice Cold Pacifico.